0: the concept very simple mike we drive to a lot of winthrop basketball games we're really fortunate to follow the eagles around the country we've gone to the ncaa tournament four times we see cool things we eat at cool places why
1: not share that and that's the whole design behind this and also our conversations usually start out something winthrop related and then by the time we end the conversation when we get to where we're going not only have we solved the world's problems, but we've figured out what every team and every league's issues are. I'm not sure why we're not running every league and every team. <laughs> All right, here's a listen. this is on the way to Furman. And we're off.
0: Greenville, here we come. Greenville, here we come. The legend of Frank Selvi. 100 points in a game. A hundred points in a Before game. Before the three-point line. Only had to jack it up there 66 times. <laughs> Furman basketball is fun. Like there's so much to talk about. Unfortunately for them, none of the good history has happened in 30 or 40 years, but there's there's just a ton to dig into. They've had all those guys drafted a hundred point game. Go back a long, long time. And even Jeff Jackson coached there. Mm-hmm. Not successfully. They've had a few guys that uh, didn't quite work out. Kind of like everyone in the last 30 years yeah. except for Nico Medved. And yeah, he now he's at Drake. that to Drake, yeah. The guy that they got coaching now is an interesting story. Longtime assistant coach, not a terribly successful. Six assistant coach. I mean his record is way under 500 as an assistant. The last two years with Furman are the only years he's gone to any sort of postseason so you hire an assistant coach who's never gone to the NCAA tournament but Medved did such a good job you have that consistency from that coaching staff. Well, just about everybody's back from last year so. Yeah I mean they won 23 games last year which somehow is a school record for a team that's been playing basketball forever bring everyone back off to a great start. They're 4-2. and two. They've beaten a couple of, you know, solid, I don't know if you call them mid-majors, but solid solid D1 programs, and
1: your two losses are to Duke and Butler. But when you think about Frank Salvi in 66 shots, <laughs> I mean, that's teams, some teams don't even get 66 shots in a game. I think South Carolina State in the game against Winthrop um, had, like, 61 I mean, it's a joke,
0: 66 shots in a game. They were just feeding him.
1: And that was before the shot clock, so... Yep. Not, not that teams would play fast, but of course that was the day of the, you get a lead, you do the four corners thing. Yep.
0: It wasn't like he was the only good player, either. Neil Gordon, who ended up being the first Winthrop coach, was on that team, and he was drafted by the Knicks. So, I mean, it, it's not like Selvey was a one-man show. from Corbin Kentucky one of your favorites all of Corbin supposedly was at that game they sold 4,000 seats in
1: Greenville what was that 1952 or 1954 yeah it was like I, the early 50s yeah early so what 50s. do you think they like jumped on a train god that's a good question um, I mean how do you move 4,000 people
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I'm not sure how long would that have taken in that day, too?
1: Yeah, without the super highways that we have today.
0: Well, have got can- a kid sign next year from Corbin. Do you see that? No. Furman's got a kid next year. Oh, I mean, that's that, great. That, <laughs> that really
1: forwards the storyline. That's awesome. It'd be even better if it was if there was a purpose to it, not just like a random. Yeah. But I, my guess is they probably just saw the kid and said, hey, we like him. They did some digging, and he happened okay. to be from the same town. Exactly. That's not how I would tell the story. No, that's definitely
0: not how I would tell the story. And the original story on Selvi is that the coach of Furman was at a high school practice kind of just hanging out, looking for players, not specifically looking for one guy or another. And... The Corbin team went out there and there were like several guys that he's like, yeah, that would work. Yeah, that (laughs) would be great. And then it was kind of before I think Selvey was like a sophomore or a junior in high school. Obviously, recruiting wasn't the same as it is today and he signed and then later on he got offers from the big boys, Kentucky and Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and he honored the commitment to Furman and the rest is history 66 shots later.
1: Engine twenty six. <laughs> I actually had uh, lunch there one time. Engine twenty six. Did you? Yeah, when I was working at Metro Networks, the uh, the captain of the house was a huge uh, radio fan, and uh, I guess the ambulance. Yeah. And uh, so he called in one day because I think somebody that was doing I was doing sports and news, but you know obviously we did traffic at Metro too, and. He called in, either to like, give a tip or like correct somebody or do something, and they just started talking. I think it was Jen Thompson. And, I don't know, they struck up a friendship, and over a course of, I think, a couple of weeks, he would check in every now and then. And then one day, he's like, hey, why don't you guys come down and have lunch? Did you always use your
0: name at Metro, or because you were on different stations, did you use different names? Have I told you this story?
1: I don't think so. All right, so when I first started with the Panthers... Uh, I was doing I was doing the intimidators, and it was the end of that season, and so i I don't know. I had worked like four, five, six games already, and uh, Linda Ricca was the the woman who was in charge of the radio, and uh, I got a call from you know Mike Cranston, and asked if I'd be willing to you know do some stuff. so I said, absolutely. So I said, oh, I probably need to run up by the Panthers and so. Now and now you gotta remember, this was 2001, and it was still very somewhat territorial between oh, radio yeah. stations. I mean, you couldn't just work right, sure. at one station and then have your stuff aired on another. I
0: tried as a freelancer once, and it would have been 2003, summer of 2003, I was working for Cranston at Metro Networks, and obviously that relationship was fruitful for both of us because yeah. we ended up with Winthrop after his time at Winthrop, but I was doing stuff for him, and I got a call from Brett McMillan. He wanted me to do some sports cast at BT, and I went over and did that not really thinking I'm just out of college, Cranston called that night and just killed me reamed it. out yeah just reamed me out I'm like you're paying me you know yeah. beer money
1: right. so I I, I, uh, I think in those days I probably called I called her called Linda I said hey this is what's going on they want me to do some sports updates on WFNZ and she said well we've kind of already invested in your name Now I was just producing it wasn't like I was on air right she like, but I'm, I don't want to hold you back from this so it's okay if you do it but you have to change your name really yeah (laughs) so what did you use paul michaels paul michaels (laughs) (laughs) we're back at timmons arena with paul michaels i'm dave friedman no but so the the other funny part of that story is so one of my friends and i didn't tell anybody the story i just started doing updates as paul michaels and he calls me after one of the updates he's like did i just hear you on wfnz (laughs) doing updates in the middle of the day i said yeah he's like why the hell are you Paul Michaels? <laughs> so I, you know, I explained the story and he got it. So every now and then, um, you know, whether it's Panthers post game, you know, so after the end of the season, she left. So I went, so I went back to using Mike Pacheco.
0: <laughs> I mean, that the best story is the Cranston story on
1: that. Oh yeah, right, yeah. and that's
0: he was on FNZ. So Duke. he was
1: on FNZ, and then Mike Kellogg came down from Boston. And you know, Mike wanted to shake things up, and he didn't really particularly care for Mike Cranston's voice and his style. Maybe it was just he just wanted to freshen things up a little bit. So he he called Metro and he said, "Listen, you know, this guy can't do updates for us." And then I think you know, was, I don't know, eight months or a couple, maybe a year or two go by, and I, I think as the story goes, they were in a pinch. They were in a pinch, and so uh, so. Mike Cranson changed his name to Matt Worthy, which is kind of a takeoff of Not Worthy, and <laughs> nobody complained. And then he did it again, nobody complained. And then I think somebody, I don't know if it was like Julie Taché left or somebody, and they said, So what do you think of this Matt Worthy guy? And Kellogg was like, Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but he did that for years. Yeah. He was Matt Worthy He was, was Matt Worthy for years. until he left in like one, well, he must have left 06, uh, right? 05, yeah. 06.
0: Yeah, I mean, he did, like, five or eight years yeah, as, Matt, as Worthy, Matt Worthy. Who was a lot
1: better than Mike Cranston. Much better than Mike Cranston. <laughs> so I have a buddy who, whenever he hears me now, whether it's, like, doing the Winthrop games or on the... He'll text me. is he like, hey, whatever happened to Paul Michaels? <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep him in reserve. I agonized over that, too. I was like, what am I going to use? And I remembered the story of somebody said... Because there's always different... Like, You know, like the what's the like your porn name is uh, right? Yeah, like your 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 first dog, dog, your first dog, and your the the, street street address of your first house, exactly. The house you grew up in, yeah. So I didn't think Frisky Florence was going to be a good (laughs) name. Yeah, I I, (laughs) I, mine is Bonker Legend.
0: (laughs) 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 I mean, that's (laughs) pretty (laughs) classic. With Frisky Florence, (laughs) here's (laughs)
1: Bunker (laughs) Legend. What's going on in Tennessee with the the coaching change? I mean, when you look at, I looked at Phil Fulmer's record last night. Now, granted, it was 17 years, he was like, I don't know, 151 and like 52. Won a national title. Won a national title. And since... Recruited Peyton Manning. Since then, they're 56 and 57. Yeah. Or 57 and 56. And nobody... Like, why would you want that job? I mean, it's been a gong show since Phil Fulmer left. It's
0: the classic. You fire a guy who is good or pretty good, but not great. And you're unable to hire someone as good or better. And then it's one failure after another whether it be on the field with Derek Dooley or off the field with Lane Kiffin and it has been a nightmare and if you're the AD now and everyone that I talk to says that he is a competent pretty thoughtful guy but you've got an absolute mess on your hands
1: but now what what you're telling your fan base is that they have veto power. Yeah, that's and scary. that's scary.
0: Yeah, that's that's. Who was scary. it? Lee Alia
1: the Cubs. Uh, Cubs manager had one of those famous rants, and I think somebody was asking him about, you know, fans thinking about moves. And he said, "Hey, if I start making moves because of the fans, I'll be joining them shortly."
0: I, fan is short for Fanatic. Yeah. And fans think that referees are biased and fans think you should throw the ball on every down and you shouldn't punt i mean you have to have an adult running the (laughs) ship and and that's the ironic part greg shianu is the definition of professional he went to rutgers after a terrific pedigree coaching under really well thought of coaches and you don't win at Rutgers. And yeah, his career record is within a game of 500, but he took a program that had been bad for 50 years, made them respectable, yeah. made them relevant, NFL experience, and all of the stuff about Penn State, everyone who is anyone that has done any sort of vetting, whether it be the AD at Ohio State, Gene Smith, or Mark Dominic, who is the GM with the right. Cardinals, Everyone with uh, he was the with Buccaneers, Bay, yeah. everyone has come out and said, we did our research, this guy's a good dude. You might like him as a coach, you might not like him as a coach, but you can't say something negative about Kim and his background and his character, and that's exactly
1: the reason the fans decided they were going to dump him. Well, it seems like that was a whole packaging issue. They didn't like the package that was coming in, right. and so they whipped up into a frenzy, and they used the Penn State scandal. Now, by all accounts, the the Greg Shiano thing, you know, whether he saw something or not, he he's denied it. And it was, I don't want to say, uh, you know, it was part of testimony, but that doesn't make it fact. Right. And I mean, that, So that's what's scary is that, you know, these people just kind of like whipped themselves up into a frenzy. And then they used that as an excuse on the heels of... Uh, You know, the the Title IX situation going on there, which is also kind of ironic because they were kind of okay with letting that stuff fly, and now all of a sudden it's an issue.
0: This is the same university that ran Kwanso Martin out of town essentially because the color of his skin. I mean, again, there was a lot of innuendo, and and Quanzo ended up being the one that left himself, but it was unbelievable comfortable. The fans liked Bruce Pearl, Bruce cheated, Bruce got in trouble, they hired Kwanzo Martin who did everything right. I mean, he, he achieved on the court, they didn't have major problems off the court, but they just never really liked Quanzo. Right. And, you know, it, it's the unspoken truth, but there is an element of the Old South that prevails
1: there. Yeah. So right now we're kind of boxed in between two huge eighteen wheelers. If we can get one of them to honk their horn, that would be outstanding. If we stay
0: behind them in this current <laughs> formation, we'll get to Greenville at about five o'clock.
1: <laughs> I think the bigger concern though, Dave, is that from an institutional standpoint, I mean you hire you hire an athletic director. To, to hire the coach exactly and, and you have a coach who does the job now this is not a pro situation in the pro situation I had someone tell me one time a great line I forget who came up with it but uh, you know owners own you know owners own general managers general manage and coaches coach and that's that's but and- if you hire the, the AD
0: and his job is to hire a football coach and you veto the hire he makes the football coach what is his job? Yeah. What, why did you get? I mean, you hired him because you believe he's the best person for the job. Right. You trust his judgment. He's got a good track record, whatever it is. Now, his first major decision, you veto. It, if you're him and there's a job open at Washington State, well, why are you continuing to hang out there? Yeah. They've had a lot of problems at Tennessee, and I, I know a lot of the alums. They want Phil Fulmer to be the AD and David Cutcliffe to be the coach. Isn't that ironic? Those are the same dudes they ran out of town 10,
1: 12, 15 years ago. And David Cutcliffe wouldn't touch that job with a 10-foot pole. He's on record talking with uh, the News and Observer today. Steve Wiseman, who used to cover Duke, now covers NC State. But, you know, multiple times this has come up. And Cutcliffe each time has said, "No, I want to stay at Duke. I'm happy did, where I'm at." Did you
0: see Pat Forty's article last night? I did not read that. No. So yeah. Tennessee fans wanted Mike Gundy, who's at right. Oklahoma State that. and has right. done a terrific job. And would Forty- wouldn't
1: it be wouldn't it be interesting if in a few days we ha- we hear of a new contract extension at Oklahoma State? Yeah, exactly. I, that might have already happened.
0: I mean, but so Gundy has some stuff in his background. Not the same as Shianu, but kind of a parallel. There's some baggage really? there. But the Tennessee fans saw his record at Oklahoma yeah. State, and and by God, no one brought up that sort of baggage. I mean, it, it's just, that they want someone that's gonna win 11 football games, and maybe they'll find him, and probably they won't, but it's a
1: total scapegoat situation. But this is why you don't want fans Involved to that extent in hiring of a coach because the fans want to win the press conference and the athletic director wants to win games Yeah, it, it, exactly. I mean
0: flashy doesn't matter I mean Nick Saban isn't sexy or exciting
1: except for the fact all he does is win. Art Modell told Robert Kraft Around the time that he was you know that coaching thing happened, with the whole thing with Belichick and He said yeah, you want to stay away from Bill Belichick what if he had listened to that advice yep
0: yep i mean and and that's the the thing people don't like the quote-unquote retread but bill belichick the best coach in the nfl is a retread when the raiders hired their current coach jack del rio he was a retread but all jack del rio has done is win i mean he went to jacksonville very difficult situation he won he was a coordinator here with the Panthers. They went to the yeah. Super Bowl. Out with the Raiders, he took over a, a, a team in a really tough spot, hadn't won in a long time. He won, he nurtured some good young players, and now they're having kind of a so-so year, but do you think it's easy dealing with the fact you're a lame duck franchise? Yeah. I mean, Jack Del Rio is a professional, and I think in very much the same way, Greg Schiano is a professional. All the people that have come out recently his former employers, his coaches that he's worked with, kind of big-name people, the Urban Myers of the world, saying, this guy's done a great job for
1: us. This is a guy that I want on my team. Right, and they're not going to stick their neck out for somebody that's not qualified. Right Now, I- the, now the knock on Shiano is the players in Tampa Bay kind of hated him. And well, he was- I mean, Nick Saban didn't succeed in the NFL either. Yeah. But I think as fans, and I think sometimes as broadcasters we do this too, Sometimes we don't allow for the fact that people can grow and get better and improve. And, you know, what do you hear from coaches all the time? You learn a lot more in failure than you do in success. Right. I mean, it's also interesting. College and the pros are different.
0: The best NBA coaches are Brad Stevens and Steve Kerr and Phil Jackson, guys that tend to have a decent relationship with their players and their player coaches. In college, you see a lot of these kind of disciplinarians, these people that are, you know, maybe not great human beings, but they build people up after tearing them down, the Jim Harbaugh's of the world. I mean, Craig Marshall, who was at Winthrop, could be viewed in that sort of way, a little bit rough around the edges, but boy, do those kids play for him at the end. Craig Siano might be a perfect fit in college. He's experienced plenty of success at that level. Yeah. And, and now what? Now what for Tennessee? I mean, every day a name is going to come up, Mike Gundy, and then he's going to go
1: away. And they're going to end up with who? Well, they're still, I mean, they're still banging the drum for Gruden, but he's not going to touch that no.
0: job. No. And they were talking about Jason Witten, who we have no idea whether he's a good coach right, or not. Right. And that's not happening. I every day. I don't even think
1: Jason Benetti would touch that job. <laughs> <though.
0: laughs> I, I just, I mean, if it's Jeff Brom, if it's Mike Norvell, like, are we sure those guys
1: are better than Greg Schiano? You know it almost has to be a guy that has Tennessee ties now. Yeah, because probably. if you're not if you're not a Tennessee guy, like if you didn't coach at Tennessee as an assistant or if you didn't play at Tennessee, why would you want that headache? Yeah,
0: there's very little in-state talent and while for sure the SEC has a lot going for them and Tennessee has great facilities and all that sort of thing the competition level is extremely high. The pressure is ridiculous. The expectations are unbelievable. I mean, it's not as though the other schools in your league aren't trying just as hard, if not harder than you are. And a team like Georgia has way more in-state talent. Florida has way more in-state talent. Like you have to be reasonable. Nine and three is good. And now you're going to try to go find someone that, you know, you've,
1: You've put yourself in a tight box as to who is willing to come. Well, look at Mark Richt, right? I mean, he was a guy that won 9, 10 games every year. I think for the most part his kids graduated. Now, there were some bumps in the road, but by and large, there weren't that many problems, right? You know, you think a very good coach, but at some point, that 9, 10 wins wasn't good enough because he wasn't winning the BCS Bowls or, you know, he wasn't getting the national championships at the end. In Tennessee, this is the interesting, I think, for Tennessee is to me, I think they've become like NC State in basketball in that I think their fans don't have a realistic expectation of where they are in the world right now. Team Martin was a long
0: time ago. Peyton Manning was a long time ago. Guys that you're recruiting that are 17 years old, 16 years old, they don't remember that stuff.
1: Let's talk about Eli because you know it's the age old argument right a guy who has a great tenure with the team he wins two super bowls he's the guy Giants stink this year where they have two wins and now they want to go younger they want to look at some of the younger quarterbacks although people in New York have already seen Geno Smith who is going to be named who's been named as his replacement i think the way it was handled though dave i mean they sent out a release and then Eli basically did the locker room uh, in front of his locker interview. I feel like how that was managed was not really done the I agree. Way.
0: It was coordinated poorly. The messaging was bad, but it's absolutely brilliant. This is a 76ers situation. If you're gonna be bad or mediocre, you need to be awful. That's how you end up with Joel Embiid. Yeah. That's how you end up with the rookie of the year, maybe one of the great young players in the last 10 years in the NBA, you tank. And if Eli Manning continues to play, there's a pretty good chance that the Giants are going to win a game or win two games. And the Giants right now have the third worst record in the NFL. But The 49ers, who have a worse record, have Jimmy Garoppolo. So they're probably not going to be drafting a quarterback. The Giants, for their future, need the Ben Simmons, right? Right. And the Ben Simmons is either Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen. Right. And you cannot take any risk that you're aging, but borderline Hall of Fame quarterback Eli Manning wins a game or two and you don't get one of those top two quarterbacks. It's a quarterback-driven lead. I don't know if those top prospects are going to be great, but you can't be the Browns and go a decade without Having that hope. You gotta get one of those Southern California college quarterbacks, and you're in a position with just over a month to go in the season that you can lock one up by losing out. I I think the Giants handled it poorly. I feel bad for Eli, but I think there's a really good chance he's gonna play in Denver or Jacksonville and have a real chance to go to the playoffs and maybe do even more next year, but If you're the Giants, it's absolutely the right move. You don't handle it well, but in the end, you're shot at the Ben Simmons that revitalizes the franchise, the Jared Goff-type guy, the Carson Wentz-type guy. The chances that are increased exponentially by not winning anymore. Geno Smith is the perfect quarterback. You know he's not going to (laughs) win.
1: Yeah, put him in there. I mean, if you could not... 2-14, here we come. If you could not use Chino Smith
0: and get away with bringing in Tim Tebow, you should probably do that. I mean, is the guy that uh, that was injured at the beginning of the year for Florida State, is he available on one leg? I mean, that's what they need to do. They they want
1: no chance of winning. Wouldn't and, it be funny if he comes in and wins, like, the last, you know, four the last I, five games? A- anything's possible, but, I, I mean... I I write
0: this blog on a regular basis about tiers of NFL teams. And you have, you know, the Patriots and the Steelers and the Eagles. They're in the top tier. Then the Panthers and the Saints and Seattle. They're in that second tier. And, And I've debated over the last month, where are the Giants? Are they in the bottom with Cleveland and San Francisco? Or are they in the tier just above that? And the problem is, for them... With Eli Manning, they beat Kansas City a couple weeks ago. They're in that second to bottom tier. That second to bottom tier is going to be draft pick three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, something yeah. like that. They can't afford to draft fifth or sixth. Then they're going to have to fork over first round picks in the future to trade up to get the first or second pick. They need to lose. They have to get Darnold or Rosen and have a path
1: in the future. And there's really no way loyalty plays into it anymore. I used to be of the opinion, this was going back many years, that you know, if a guy played really well and was a veteran and, and was like the guy that you know it earned the right to finish his career or have a little bit more say in how his career winds up. But now in this day and age you can't you just can't do that i mean it's it's nice if you can make it work out eli manning is going to go into the ring of honor
0: he's going to have his number retired all of those things this is not a fun end this isn't a pretty end to the end of his career but peyton manning got off the deck and left indianapolis yeah. when they chose andrew luck and won a super bowl It's not the end of the world. Willie Mays played the end of his career with the Mets. Joe Montana played with Kansas City. The breakups aren't necessarily pretty, but the Giants have to do what's best for their franchise. Mike, another road trip almost done. We're a couple minutes from my house, and what a fun day. Winthrop played a terrific basketball game. They blew out Furman beautiful day in downtown greenville a lot of fun again
1: i here's what i learned that uh your name is bonkers legend (laughs) that's what i learned no it was it was a lot of fun and hopefully if everybody continues to enjoy this we'll we'll keep doing it and of course our next road trip with winthrop will be on tuesday against georgia and we'll talk to you then